back to the Introvert City podcast where we talk about films. What? <laughs> Wait a second. You know why you messed up? Wait a second. No, no, no. You know why you messed up? Because you're supposed to say where we discuss. Oh, Instead, yeah. you said Reminds where we talk about. Where we discuss culture. Welcome back, to the, welcome back to the Introvert City podcast where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. Hey, introverts. I mean, homebodies. It's Seth. And I'm Karina. What? <laughs> it's Seth, and I'm Karina. <laughs> Welcome back to the IC Show. <laughs> extroverts, I hope you don't feel left out. You can be a homebody, too. Yeah, you could be a homebody. You know, a temporary homebody. That was really mean. They can be a homebody if they want. I mean, in your real life. Like, you can, you can still be a couch potato every now and then. We're here to talk to the introverts, right? But extroverts are welcome. <laughs> well, maybe more it's we are talking from the perspective of introverts. No, you know? you're right. That's like the we one. Are, we are the introverts, but, and yeah, sure, we are, we do technically target introverts, but anyone can listen. Yeah. Because some of the stuff, you know, as an extrovert, you need to know about an introvert. That kind of gives a good segue into today's Does it really? <laughs> topic. Does it actually? As introverts, we can sometimes be overthinkers. In fact, I feel like 99% of the time before I leave my house, I probably think about every interaction I'm going to have throughout the day mm-hmm. like five times. Yes. Most of my time actually laying in bed, like I lay for like 30 minutes before I actually get up and I'm like, I have to talk to this person. And then yeah. I talk to this next person. Yep. Then if I'm talking to this person, I probably have to talk to that guy. And you have to plan what you're going to say. Oh my gosh, do you get this? I tried to talk to some of my friends about this and they didn't understand. Whenever I talk to somebody um, unexpectedly, like I didn't know I was going to talk to them, like let's say I'm out on a date with you and in public I see another one of my friends, right? Mm. And she comes up to the table that we're sitting at and she's like, Karina, hey, oh my gosh. And it throws me off guard. When she leaves, I'm so anxious. I'm like, what did I just say to her? Did I, like I was thrown off. Did I, I don't even remember what I said. And then I'm anxious for like five minutes. Does that happen to you ever? No, yeah, every now and then it does because you – you weren't planning it. You weren't expecting exactly. it to happen. And, you know, that kind of comes with the trouble of overthinking. And along with the trouble of overthinking is you constantly wanting to make sure that you're, you know, acting just as good as ever, as, as normal as everyone else is. Yeah, because you're like, I don't know, I was thrown off guard, so I want to be normal. It's so weird how we plan. Say normal things. Say something normal. <laughs> it's so weird that we plan to be normal. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like being normal should be authentic. And we're like, no, this is what I have to do to be normal. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to be like those millennials who are like, I'm just so weird. <laughs> and I can't be normal. Stop. You're going to drive away our millennial audience. We love you, millennials. Millennials are welcome. We love you, millennials. But we're not trying to be like the people who are like, oh, well, I'm just so weird. I can't drink those pumpkin spice lattes. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't drink those pumpkin spice lattes. Really? Latte. I feel like they say, I'm so weird. I like pumpkin spice lattes. I don't know. Don't just pumpkin spice lattes. Movie. They're, they're good. But, but... In that, (laughs) in trying to be normal, I find that we want to make ourselves as, honestly, introverts, when you overthink, you want to make yourself as unspecial or or ununique as possible a lot of the time because you're too scared that you're going to come off as too different Mm -hmm. and too odd. And it's not a type of thing where it's like, I hate being normal. I don't want to be normal. But it's more of like a, you genuinely feel kind of outcasted because you don't like being in big uh, social circles. Mm -hmm. So how does that relate to today's topic? Guys. Today, we are talking about comparison. Comparison. (laughs) This is 
going to be hard. I'm not going to lie, just because this is something that I still wrestle with very much. And I'm sure you too. But it's the stereotypes are true. Girls, especially all of my friends, like we all, when I have serious conversations with them, I don't think this is something that anyone really masters in life is learning to not compare yourself, whether that's physically, whether that's in your accomplishments, all that stuff. Seth, in what ways do you feel like comparison, like you really compare yourself to others? I feel typically in the way that I view my masculinity, I think is one of the biggest ways that, and I also think a lot of, just a lot of boys in general, a lot of men in general really view their masculinity as probably the most comparable thing because, you know, think about this. You're a guy who maybe you don't do the most conventional guy things. I'm not saying that these are just guy or girl things, but like say you like to watch musicals. You would rather go to a show than go to a football game. You don't like watching, you don't like sports at all. You know, or you don't have like a blue collar job and all these guys are do construction or they're all finance bros or, you know, all that type of jazz. And you're kind of just like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I think it's very easy to get swept up in that and feel like because you're not doing that, that you're not a man, that you're not manly enough. And I feel like in, in particular as an, as an introvert, it can get really hard when I compare myself to other dudes because so many dudes, I feel, tend to fake being an extrovert. Or are so introverted that they just are like non-persons almost. Like they push their emotions so back and they're so introverted that they would rather not talk about it at all. So you kind of feel odd because being a a dude is like, oh, it's either you show no emotion or you're big with everything. Everything Mm -hmm. is big. Either it's a big smile or no smile at all. You know, it can't be like in between and actually genuinely emotional, which is why I love my guy friends. Shout out. You guys know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) They're all real. That's so good because I feel like guys need to give off this persona of like being a guy's guy yeah. and being super loud and... and some dirt in it. <laughs> and okay, there's a lot of goodness in like embracing masculinity as a man and embracing femininity as a woman, right? I think it's a good thing for guys to like guy things, right? Yeah. But we sort of talked about this on the episode we did with Pastor Kenny. Well, this was months ago. Um, talking about like red pill men and how they think that everything needs to be a particular way. And like, so you really like to do graphic design, right? Yeah. Someone might associate that with artwork and someone might associate artwork with drawing. And that could be traced down to a girl thing. I don't know. It's just very frustrating to live in a space where everything is so black and white. Isn't it so funny? I'm going to go on a little tangent. Currently, our country kind of wants to talk about like nuance and everything and oh, we can't actually know if, like, there's good and bad. Meanwhile, having these black and white standards for men and women. No, yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. That's a really good point. And we could a few, and I feel like we take so many, you know, overly masculine things, and we, we, we put that up to such a high standard. But most men, a lot of men like musicals and stuff. Oh, you know? and actually, you're going to call them out. Uh, straight up, I know a lot of you men out there, and I'm going to call you out. I know a lot of you men listen to Backstreet Boys. Don't even try to, don't even try to lie about that type of stuff, okay? And plus, now you know, music and all that type of stuff is, is pouring into sports. No, no guy over here can can scroll through Sports Center without watching a Taylor Swift concert, right? <laughs> so, but again, back to femininity, not to just focus on masculinity. How do you feel you compare maybe your femininity in an introverted way? I really am a girly girl, so I can't be like, oh, I, I can't relate. To- I can't relate to other girls like I'm not like that I like I'm very girly and I like girly things but because of that I honestly almost feel 
this competition to be like the most early. This past week, um, I got an eye infection and I wasn't allowed to wear my contacts for five days and I couldn't wear makeup for five days, obviously, because my eye. Mm. And this was like the third week of school and I had worn makeup to school for the first two weeks and I had dressed up really nice. And now the third week I'm coming in with my glasses, with no makeup. I also started wearing sweatpants that week. I swear, every time I talked to somebody that week, I was only thinking about the way that I looked. I was like, I look gross. I look gross. Everyone's thinking that I look gross. Because I was so used to, you know, like dolling myself up or whatever. And I think that's where it gets dangerous for girls who really do enjoy like doing girly things. Honestly, sometimes I do place it on a pedestal and then I can't Mm. see myself without makeup and that's not good. I'm not trying to get into like this whole debate about like, if women should wear makeup or not. I wear makeup all the time and I love it. But sometimes it gets to the point where like, I don't want to see myself without it. And that's when I have to be like, okay, where are my priorities? And I don't want to say this is just for women. It probably exists in guys too, but I feel like it's so subconscious in women that we just always compare ourselves. Like the minute a girl walks in the room and I like, I fall in love with her outfit and everything about her just seems absolutely perfect. My mind goes to all the ways that I'm not perfect. And how can I be more like her? Meanwhile, I don't even know her. Mm. I don't know. Do you feel like that exists in guys? I definitely, I don't know if it exists in the sense of like when a guy walks in a room, all the guys are like, that guy's hot. <laughs> but I do definitely think that guys sure? will compare things like like intelligence or, you know, which guy is funnier. That's mm. like, I think humor is one of the biggest sore spots for men because for a lot of men, if you're not funny, it's very hard to, you know find a girl or it's very hard to be accepted in a friend group if you're not funny you know and I have a lot of guy friends who aren't funny <laughs> <laughs> but um, your friends are funny can I ask though for like in the sense of the feminine side what do you find you compare yourself most and do you feel that your comparisons more than just saying she's very pretty is she's prettier than me <laughs> or is it just she's so pretty See, that's the ideal. Like, I want to get to a place where I can just say, wow, she is so beautiful. I, she's inspiring me. Like, that's the ideal. That's where I want to get to. But I'm not, I like, I, I haven't mastered it. And I don't know if any woman has, really. I feel like as soon as I see a girl that I want to, like, I think she has everything together, immediately I think about my own life. And I'm like, well, if I just had, if I just bought that coat that she had, everything would be fine and I would be like where she is Uh, and I mean that's how I feel about it and I think most girls can relate and we could blame it on society we could blame it on the way our parents raised us I honestly think that it might even be just in our biology to isn't it true that no I was gonna say women are more competitive but I'm pretty sure men are I don't know I don't know the science behind that I don't know (laughs) I'm not trying to get pulled out of context right now but even beyond just looks um I do want to talk about success and like internal comparison but beyond just looks i'm sure like we could go we could talk about it for hours and i'm sure like a thousand podcasts have beyond masculinity and femininity (laughs) yeah a thousand podcasts are out there that talk about comparing looks like that's pretty obvious we all do that with each other but really also what i wanted to talk about is success and comparison with accomplishments or or even like hobbies or attitude all of those internal things the quote comparison is a thief of joy is pretty famous but I heard the first time I heard it was a couple months ago a youtuber I was watching said it and I had to pause the video and I was like comparison is a thief of joy Hmm. that is so good and it's so true if comparison sucks any emotion out of you 
It's your joy. It's the things that you felt proud of in yourself. Yeah. Being proud of yourself is not being prideful, by the way. There are different words. <laughs> They're, yeah, they yeah. have different meanings. No you, problem with, with being happy with You should be happy with well. the person that God made you to be, and you should be like proud of the gifts that God has given you. And if you're doing well, you'd be happy about that. Exactly. Yeah. And so comparing yourself really just sucks all of that out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me and you, even being in a relationship for three years, it's easy to compare our relationship to other relationships, especially, you know, ones that move very quickly and talk about engagement very quickly. And meanwhile, we're still in college and we're like, where should we be? Like all of that, it's really hard. So for you, Seth, do you struggle with comparing yourself more physically or internally? So you're asking like just a general comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to preface by saying that I feel most people start that as children, usually through parents or other adults, teachers, pastors, They feel that way because oftentimes in school, kids are always given rewards or success for being, you know, coming to school every day on time or handing in this or, you know, being a kid who acts this way in class. So therefore that kid is always esteemed or they're always giving gifts and treats away to like good kids in class, you know? So I feel from a very young age, kids always find themselves in a comparison lot. Mm. And so I think for most people... It is generally just the idea of, especially when you get into things that are based on your talent rather than just your work ethic or you know how good of a person you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you owe, if if it's something like that, that's why I think people. It's not as surprising. You might see that a lot more. Maybe actors and singers, you know, commit suicide than say I don't know other people who you know work forty hours a week. Mm. You know, because you might say, oh. This person who's working four hours a week like this, yeah, they're making way less money. They probably have more financial and social struggles. But why is this person who's super famous so depressed about the work they're doing? I think because in that range, if you're working at, you know, a convenience store, you're not really comparing yourself to anyone else in the store or in that lane because it's it's a job that you're just there to kind of work at. Whereas if you're an actor or, you know, like a singer or whatever, yeah, you're making millions a year, but at the same time, you are always striving to be the next big, you know, actor or actress. You're always being compared. It's like, it's just, it's the same way of like, you know, oh, The Weeknd, he's the new Michael Jackson. Uh, Ariana Grande is the new Mariah Carey. Jennifer Hudson's the new Whitney Houston. All that type of stuff. It's always comparison. So I think we compare ourselves because others compare us. Yeah. And I think that starts from a very young age. And so back to though me personally, I feel I, I just struggle with comparison the most when I'm alone and when I've messed up hmm. is when I struggle with comparison the most because or when I meet someone who I just think is so amazing. When either like Mr. Eshelman or Mr. Garlock uh, came on the show, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we, ha- we, we hadn't met them too much before, you know, but then co- them coming on and just having so much on hand knowledge and just going straight forward with it, like biblical knowledge and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. I was like wow, I want to be like that. Yep. You know, I felt that way very much. I've obviously, it was a great conversation, and I loved the conversation, but I definitely can't say that I was like, man, I wish I was already there. Yep. And I think that is one of the biggest contributors for me in comparison, that I want to be already there. Me and that too. I feel like so many people are already there, and I'm comparing myself to step 10 when I haven't even started at step number one. Oh my gosh, that's so good because I feel exactly the same way. And I don't know if that's because... <sighs> We're introverts and introverts are very like we analyze everything and we like calculating how we can get to the top. Very internal. It's been very hard for me to particularly listen to podcasts that were started by girls my age 
and have already blown up within months and they're doing it by themselves like off yeah. on off the top of my head i could list like five podcasts that i know that i started listening to started by girls my exact age in college and they blew up by themselves and yeah. now they're like managing this whole podcast business all by themselves <laughs> and i literally had to stop listening to them because every time i listened to them i got so jealous and compared myself and was like why am i not there what am i doing wrong what do they have that i don't have and i try to calculate like how i can get to where they are not realizing Maybe they're not in school, so they can focus on this full time. Maybe, I don't know, there's other caveats. Every circumstance is different, and reminding myself of that is so hard. Mm. Also, something I've been trying to tell myself is that it's good to have a slow process of growing, right? Mm. I was, um, there's this book out there, I believe it's called The Second Mountain, but I could be wrong, about what happens when you like get super successful and you get everything you want, and then you get super depressed afterwards because it's like you've already hit your peak. What do you do now? Especially if you hit it young. Not that there's anything wrong with being young and successful, but to the people who are not successful and who would like to be, I think it's super important to reiterate to them that they need to enjoy the process of growing. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes jealousy can be good, you know, or even just the idea of, you know, being like, this person kind of has it. Maybe I should try and. If I could try something like that. It's like if, if you know, you you see your friend, you're like, oh, they, they're, they're pretty fit. They go to the gym a lot. Maybe I should try to go to the gym a lot. That's a good type of almost, I wouldn't even, I don't know if I'd say as far as envy, but type of jealousy. So I don't think every oh, form yeah, of jealousy it can is, is, is awful. However, I think that jealousy over something you can't control eventually becomes depression and anxiety. Yeah. And I think that in particular, when you find you cannot control your jealousy, that is immediately when you start showing it physically. Yeah. And when you start bringing it to everyone and you start bringing misery into your life. And misery loves company. Comparison is definitely a killer. And a thief. And a thief. Of joy. Thief in the night to come and grab you. But comparison <laughs> can be a real killer and a real thief. But can only kill you if you don't know what you're doing. So we're not perfect. We still compare ourselves every now and then to people. We definitely have those problems. But it doesn't drive us as crazy as it used to. So here are some of our solutions, Karina. Number one, set boundaries. Boundaries. Like I said, there are so many female content creators that I absolutely adore that I thought were spreading such good messages on their platforms. But unfortunately, I have had to stop consuming their content just because I knew myself if I kept watching it, I wasn't going to feel inspired anymore. I was going to feel jealous. Mm -hmm. I was inspired upon seeing their content for the first time. And now I have that inspiration. I don't need to keep consuming it. That's good. Not that, like like I said, everyone's boundaries are different. Understand your own jealousy triggers and put them in place. Yeah. Step two, accept humility as well. Yes! Understand that, yes, you actually might not be as good as the other person at it. And accept that because if you walk up, if you're, if you're a young person and you want to play baseball and you watch the best player hit a home run, and you go out there, you know, like the next night, and you and you keep just going to like the machine that just throws the ball at you, right? Mm -hmm. And you keep trying to hit it. You're probably not going to hit a home run. So accept that I can't hit a home run yet. Accept that because once you accept that, and you're like, dang man, I gotta suck. <laughs> then you can actually get better. Yeah, like recognize where you are. Like I can't mm. do this, but I can do this. Be honest with yourself. Right. I'm not at, at a place yet where I can run a marathon yet. But I can jog around my block. Mm -hmm. Like starting there, I think is good. I also think get better for the right reasons. 
make sure that you're not just getting better just because this person is better than you. Mm-hmm. Get better because for one, you actually enjoy it. You want to be, the, you do want to be, you know, good at it and because it makes you happy. Now, don't just try and do something because you're like, well, they can do it better than me. So I can't, because that just creates a really arrogant mindset. True. You know, that event, and people don't like that either. Mm-hmm. I think for a really good last one is be happy with your results. Even if they're not what you want, try your best to be happy with the success that you have. Small progress is progress, guys. Mm-hmm. I really have had to like instill that into my brain. Everyone moves in life at, at such a different pace. And I really just think that our addiction to the dopamine hits of social media has like ruined our perception of what is a win and like what is progress for somebody. Yeah, so those are our steps for, um, you know, Ending comparison, maybe helping yourself get better. But a way to make yourself way better is to go right now to it's underscore D-A-N-E-Y-L and go listen to my new song, Soul Talk. It's a good little conscious hip-hop uh, track. <laughs> I'm rapping over a nice jazz beat. It's really good. I just talk it about society really and all that type of stuff. It's nice. I personally really like it. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever worked on. Beanie Boy or Talon, who was on earlier this season, produce the beat so yeah go check him out as well guys seth's music is so good you have to listen to it's it right. it's, it's it's i like it though i personally like it so if you're a person who enjoys hip-hop and experimental hip-hop and jazz rap this one's good for you short tune gets you unfortunately seth goes by a different name <laughs> he goes by daniel d-a-n-e-y-l which makes it so hard to find you know i say this all the time i tag you in pictures my friends are like who's daniel <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but seriously, guys, go download that song. Help them out. Um, it's really amazing, and I'm so proud of you. So my Instagram is at Karina underscore B04. You can find us at the underscore introvert underscore city on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And we'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks with a guest. You can't eat. We're foreshadowing. Ooh. Guest. We're not foreshadowing. We're saying there's a guest. There will be a guest. There will be a guest. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great week. Have a good week. Bye, homebodies.